This is Lamentations chapter 3, verses 17 through 23. It says this. I have been deprived, deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. You know, the Bible is full of songs and poems and prayers like this one that put language to the spectrum of emotion that we can feel throughout our life, or even just a year. The ups and the downs, the way that life changes, it seems that things are going well for a moment, and then they, it seems to fall apart. Uh, joy often feels fragile to people. You have moments of joy, and then that can be taken away and replaced with moments of sorrow. Our lives are full of moments deprived of peace. It's described here by Jeremiah. Those moments can be stacked together and they can become days of sorrow and those days of sorrow can be stacked together and they can become weeks and months of affliction and then those months can pile up and they can accumulate and all you're left with is a life that you would describe as bitter. The taste of bitterness is in your mouth, it's in your soul and the experience of wandering through life and wandering with God can be the only thing that you feel for a moment. But our lives are also filled with good moments, and these good moments can be stacked together, and they can become days full of love and compassion, and then those good days full of love and compassion, they can accumulate, and they can pile up, and they can become weeks of hope. And then those seasons, those weeks, and those months of hope, they can build together, and you can get to a place where you have the delight of joy in your heart. And you can have contentment in your heart, and you can join Jeremiah and what he said here, The end of the passage we just read, great is your faithfulness. You can worship because God can take you there. This Sunday, every year, we set apart our service as a time for all of you to get to share if you would like to. And it's a special Sunday because what we celebrate is we celebrate what God has done. We celebrate the faithfulness of God. And at any given moment on any Sunday, but especially a Sunday like today, there are people that are experiencing all of the emotions we just read about in that passage. There are those of you that are gonna have a really hard time today finding joy and being grateful. And for some of you, worship is easy, joy is very close, and you have a lot of things to share. And the only difference between those two seasons for us is that we, we all go through all of these seasons, but the difference is, One person or one group has had the opportunity, enough time has passed for God to redeem the downcast heart or the season of suffering or the wandering or the wondering about what it is that God is doing in the world. Enough time has passed that God has actually moved and with time and enough time passing by, we get something that we lack as people. We get perspective and we can look back and say, oh, look what he did. See, life works like this. We like to think life is always up and to the right, but life is like this. There, it is, there are downturns that are then replaced by God being faithful and lifting us up again and showing his way. 
A day like this is really important because we get to share joy with one another. There's a quote that we love. It comes from a Jesuit priest. You can see it on the, on the screen behind me. It goes like this. This is worth memorizing. It's not joy that makes us grateful. It's gratitude that makes us joyful. And this is true. And we've learned a lot from neuroscience the last 25 years. They can actually measure this. They can see joy activated in a person's brain as they sit and they remember things they're grateful for. As they tell stories of being grateful, joy is activated in their brain. As people listen to other people tell stories that they're grateful for, joy is activated in their brain. Joy follows gratitude. And so one of the things that we want to make really important here at Cornerstone is that we share joy with one another. And so today it's going to come as we share these stories. But I do want to say to the people that it's going to be difficult today, you're saying my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord is gone. You're joining Jeremiah in that verse today. I'll just say your time is coming. Your time is coming. Every year it seems like someone in one of our services will come up and say, last year I was going through this, but this year I see what God has done. You know, last year, Elise and I were dealing with a, a difficult time around the week of Thanksgiving. We had a, a number of disappointments that were taking place in our life, and we were worried, and we were sad, and we were kind of going up and down. And I sat in our service in that other room, and I heard your great stories, and you shared joy with me. You shared your gratitude, you shared your stories, and it resulted in joy. And it's something that I needed because when we're struggling, when we're in one of those tough times, it's our friends and their stories, their testimonies that carry us through. Joy can be shared. So a day like today is really just about that. And as we, as we just sang a moment ago, did you know that you can share joy with God? Like your story gives him joy. Right now, the Father is in heaven. Jesus is at his right hand. The Spirit's doing the Spirit's thing everywhere, including in this room right now. But as we tell stories and we get to share what God has been doing in our lives and what God is doing in our lives, the joy sensors in God's brain, they get activated. And Jesus smiles. And so today we get to share joy with one another and with the Lord, and it's just one of the gifts of Thankful Sunday here at Cornerstone. And so we're gonna, we're gonna get to some sharing here in a moment. I do wanna give you a, a few, few rules, things to think of as, as you prepare to come up. And of course, we always need the first few brave souls. I've now done this, so I've been on staff for 21 years. I've only done Thankful Sunday for about 10 years, but I've gotten so good at just waiting for people to come up. So we need a few brave people to, to get things going. But here are some of the rules that we want you to think about. You can just come up and you can wait over here on, on one of the sides. It's probably easier on this side. Um, we're okay over here too as well. And we'll, one, at, one at a time, you'll come up. And when you come up, tell us your name. And then we want you to keep your sharing to just two or three minutes because we want to make sure that everyone that would like to share has time to share. If for some reason you lose track of time, I'm very helpful at coming up behind you and putting my hand on your shoulder, which I'm there for support and also as a reminder. So uh, we would love to hear. And so just come up, tell us your name again, and, and then um, take a few minutes and, and share what God has been doing in your life. Um, 
All right, as a way to get started today, we're gonna kind of prime the pump with one of our favorite stories that we've captured this year. We're gonna show you the story of Noah Mazzola, and uh, this is a, a part of a video that our student ministry produced, and they shared with their leaders at the start of their year at their volunteer training. And so this is the kind of stuff that we're sharing with our leaders so that they would be inspired. But the story is so good, we wanna share it with you today. But I do want you to know this as you listen to this story. There were many Thanksgivings that Noah and his parents and his older brother and his friends and those of us here at Cornerstone that love him, we were waiting for God to do something. It felt like the splendor was gone. It felt like wandering. Just want you to know that. There were many days, many months, many years of waiting for a story like this, but we thank God for it. And so let's watch it together. Life, like specifically happy upbringing moments, like memories that you have as a kid that are special. I had a great childhood. I mean, my family was great, everything was good. Grew up Christian from day one. So we started going to Cornerstone. Um, I'm not totally sure if it was when I met Clyde, but I like to believe that. So I went to elementary school, didn't know anyone, but I had this camo stretchy watch. Uh, only one other kid in class had the same watch, and that was Clyde Kurtzer. So I came up to him and I was like, hey man, I like your watch. And he said, I like your watch. And he had this gallon bag of goldfish. <laughs> he just goes, you want some goldfish? I was like, I absolutely want some goldfish. So ever since then, we just became buddies and our parents met uh, and then they introduced us to Cornerstone, to all the great people here and we just never stopped coming. I had always been incredibly close with my brother and he had always been my role model in life and just kind of my guy, you know? I believed in God, but it was a hard concept to grasp. So my brother Marcus had kind of become my leader. And it took a turn when eighth grade going into freshman year, he left the house and moved out to New Zealand for a YMM experience, which was life-changing for him and a great experience, but uh, kind of left me stranded and alone at home. I felt isolated and alone in life and didn't really know where to go or what to do. So coming into freshman year, I had experimented a little bit with different friends and different people and different things. Uh, and I found, I found a belonging to substances and I found a filler and an escape. Um, and really, I found a way to become the person who I wanted to be. Uh, it started slowing down at uh, middle school and youth group and really started focusing my time towards unhealthy relationships. And, uh, and it got to a point of which my abuse had become so detrimental um, that I ended up going to rehab. Didn't know where to go, didn't know what to do. Um, life had really just come to a halt. I was 15 years old. Um, I had had a year and a half of high school with no identity in who I was until the day that I had kind of become sick of acting and trying to be someone else where I asked my dad, who has always been just an awesome guy and a great person, and I asked him, like, why are you the way you are, dad? Like, why are you so cool and so nice and you just love everyone? And his answer was pretty simple. It was just, I don't know, man, I follow God. So 
I just started praying, and that's where it began. I just started praying every night. I was still not who I wanted to be, and for the next year and a half, I prayed and tried to read as much of the Bible as possible and talk to people and just love and not judge and just find out what was me. Um, and then through Christ, I started to feel more confident in who I was and started to see the person I could become and the options I had in life. And I think at that point, things started to really change. And I started to make real friends and I started to want to do new things and I started to love everyone. So I made a decision to return back home two and a half, three years into rehab. And I decided to sign up for this lake trip, the high school lake trip. At this point I was a senior and I decided to just try it out. I didn't really have much more connection at church. Uh, I was pretty scared to see or to have people see me again because of kind of the way I left and just, you know, they knew who I was before and I was pretty nervous to go back and show them who I am now. But coming into youth group, I mean, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Every single person just so happy to see me and smiling like, like I had never left or like I had never done anything bad. At that trip, I got re-baptized, but it was the most touching experience of my life, uh, being in the water and coming back up. And it just felt like all of the sins and heartbreak I had brought on my parents um, and the lies and the deceit had just gone. And it was literally starting anew. I think the Cornerstone Youth Ministry, and this is full honesty, is almost a exact replication of God's love. And it, I didn't think it could happen. I didn't think I could return home after my mistakes and my wrongdoings and people still look at me the same. But the minute I walked in that door after not seeing their faces for two years, it's like none of it mattered. It was just instant hugs and smiles and how are you doing, man? And it's so good to see you. And even something like that just like made me feel so loved and just so secure, man. Like it was just a life-changing experience. Yeah, it's pretty special. We're really proud of Noah. Um, Guess what he does Sunday nights now? He's here as a volunteer working with our middle school students. So it's, it's pretty neat. It was tough, though, for their family. And it was a lot of weeks and a lot of months. And I got to coach uh, Noah in wrestling his eighth grade year, and he was really good. And I wanted him to keep wrestling because, you know, every coach has a vision for their, their wrestlers' lives. But as you heard, the story fell apart, and there were just so many things, and so it's just special to so many of us because Noah's so special. But uh, anyway, we wanted you to hear that story, but we want to hear from you. And so, all right, now is the time for someone to be brave and get started. All right. And you guys can line up on the side. You don't have to wait for someone to finish. In fact, it makes it a little easier. Just wait over here on the side. Again, tell us your name in a couple minutes.
My name is Claire. I'm in my final semester at CU Boulder, and I've been coming to Cornerstone basically since my freshman year at CU. And over the last two years, God has been moving in my heart towards the city of Chicago. I had never, I've never been to Chicago, had never before this summer, and I am so grateful for the Lord's faithfulness there. The Lord has taught me during college that sometimes I over-depend on my community, and so it, when I moved there this summer for an internship, I completely surrendered my community to the Lord. I didn't know anyone there, and I was so overwhelmed with the Lord's faithfulness in providing community and people there. So I'd like to share one story. I, I have five or six stories like this of people I would never have met without the Lord's intervention. So the short story I'd like to share is how I met Lynn. Uh, several weeks before I left for Chicago, I was at home in Denver for a weekend. I live in Boulder, but I went home for a weekend and found myself with three or four extra hours uh, before my family had an event. Uh, I was not anticipating to have this time, so I was literally scrolling through my contacts. Who could I text to see if they want to hang out while I'm in Littleton? And I stumbled upon the name of a girl I knew from high school. We had never hung out before, but we had lots of mutual friends. And I, I was, oh, I'll reach out to her. But I knew that she was not a good texter. Uh, usually, if I were to text her, she would respond maybe weeks later. But I texted her anyway. And she replied and said, sure, I can hang out spontaneously in 20 minutes. Uh, so we connected in person. And again, we had never hung out one-on-one -on -one before. But come to find out that we actually had a lot in common. And uh, Sam is my friend's name. Sam's mom's sister's childhood best friend lives in Chicago. Not only does she live in Chicago, uh, but she works in my same skyscraper in Chicago. And not only does she work in my same skyscraper in Chicago, but she's connected to a prayer group that meets with people who work in the skyscraper and come together and pray for their coworkers on Friday mornings. And so when I moved to Chicago, I was able to join their prayer group that meets on Friday mornings and start to pray intentionally for my coworkers and my community in the skyscraper in Chicago. Uh, and it was things like that, uh, but it felt so coincidental and random that I know it was the Lord uh, that was so encouraging about moving to Chicago. So I'm excited to return next year and see more of the Lord's faithfulness. Thank you. He is faithful to replace the community when it's, it's gone. Hi, Mary. All week long, I said, I'm not going up there this week, but I do every year. So I have four things, which will fall under the three-minute timeline. Uh, I thought the three things about the church, which would follow nicely with Noah's testimony about the youth ministry, we have the most amazing church, you guys. And I just wanted to brag about this building. Hello. Do you guys like it? Isn't it amazing? Finally got done. Thanks to everyone. Um, the women's ministry, some of you may not know, women's Bible study is so rocking. This study is written by our very own Jess Mulvaney. And each week, our own women are teaching one week at a time. And we are just loaded with wisdom and Holy Spirit and creativity and love. And if you're not involved in uh, even tighter daybreak, I just recommend you give it a try. It is growing. It is full of the Holy Spirit. What was the third one? Oh, the peacemaking stuff is incredible. Salim, that event was 
just so radical, very difficult material. But if he can learn to love and lead people to love in Israeli as a Palestinian Christian with Palestinian Muslims and Israeli Jews, difficult, right? He's also done peacemaking in Rwanda. If he can do it, we can do it too. And I was just incredibly inspired as well as by Brooklyn's peacemaking experience. There's Jess. Hi, Jess. <laughs> Very well done, Jess. Okay, and then I want the last one, I'm going to be under my time, was a personal thing. I'm a counselor, and um, I had something really encouraging, I, just in general, ever since COVID, um, you know, it's been book solid, and we are finding more and more Christian people to refer to, more groups, etc. Lots of people in our church are serving in this way through groups and other counselors that we have here. But um, the article Greg actually found, it came through the Washington Post, and it was a secular article about how people seeking counseling, more and more people want to include their faith. So I get called all the time from believers, non-believers, and there really is a movement to have faith and experience faith and live out faith. And I think we should be very encouraged and that we have this amazing opportunity in Boulder to be of help, just like Gabe in the youth ministry, women's ministry, and all the ministries here. So I am super grateful. Thank you, Mary. It's really neat to watch people pursue growth and transformation. Hi, uh, my name is Rachel Ray. A little bit of backstory before my thankful. Um, I am a teacher. I teach in Thornton. Um, right before the pandemic started, uh, God led me to change positions. I literally got hired at the high school I now teach at uh, four days after shutdown. Um, and we went through COVID. And then last year, this time, uh, we lost one of our one of my colleagues, she was 30 years old, had a four-month-old daughter. Um, and I am beyond thankful for God bringing me into the school that I'm at, for bringing me the hundreds of students and athletes that I have gotten to work with over the last three years because they have filled my bucket more than I could um, ever have imagined when I took this position. And also, um, I hope that I am blessing them and God has given me this incredible space to show them love and support and God's love in ways that I know they don't get at home. Um, and that leads me to my incredible husband who has supporting me through all of my crazy ideas, um, including hosting probably 30 to 35 of those students at my house on Wednesday for Thanksgiving with them. Um, so God has just over the last three years touched me and touched my kids um, in ways that I was not ready for, but I'm open arms. So I'm incredibly thankful for the journey over the last couple of years. What school are you at? Uh, it's called Mesa. Okay. Oh, my man. Stand right here so everyone can see how handsome you are. There you go. Hi. Tell me your name. My name's Malachi and I'm thankful for all my friends I have, and I have some nice friends in school. I have a friend named Zeke, a friend named Eli, and I have some nice friends at school named Ira, and I have lots of people that I love. That's awesome. Hey, you played flag football this year, didn't you? Yep. 
Did you like it? Mm-hmm. I'm grateful we have more football players in our church. Yep. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mani. Um, I began walking with the Lord at a pretty young age, and fairly early in that walk, I formed a real aspiration that God just use me, flow through me, work through me. And I kind of developed a picture that I, I could just be a conduit for the Lord. It was almost like that. It was like a hollow tube that he could just flow through. Um, the thing is, I was you know, a pretty wounded person. I really rejected myself. So for years and years and years, was, my prayer was just like, God, just get rid of the filth and the gunk in me. Get rid of the, the awkwardness and the sin and all the stuff in the way of you. Just, just clean me out. Um, and it was years and years. And I'd say it's only been like the last five years that I feel like I've reached the point of being a kind of a normal human being as opposed to a wounded human being. And recently, God just tweaked that little picture I had. And he showed me that, yeah, he could be living water flowing in me, through me, and out of me. But on the way through, it was going to pick up a me hue to it, a me tint, a me flavor. And that's what he wanted. He didn't want me to be negated. That, that we all are... Well, I'm, I'm an image bearer, and I portray one side of him, and it takes all of us to portray all that he is, and he wants me to be fully there. Like, like when that living water goes through, whoever gets it can't tell if it's him or me. It's like both. There's no line. And that's just, I don't know, part of the I and him and he and me, that type of thing. And, and I'm incredibly grateful that I'm at the point now where I can grasp that, believe it, embrace it, and realize that that's the way it's supposed to be. So that's what I'm thankful for. Thank you. Hey, I'm Christian Malgin. Um, and I just have to acknowledge last year was so hard for me. And I think I just like remembered, I've talked about this with some close friends. I just want to share it with my church body. But like, I just had this conversation with God that like the three main things we need in life, I think, are like belonging, like community, purpose, and a place to call home. And this world isn't our home forever, but like he gives us like the opportunity to find home here. And over 2021, all three things felt like they're just like stripped away. And um, yeah, just like so many friends moved away. And for a while, I was just like, oh, I'm so lonely. I literally lived in a house, like a five bedroom house alone for the summer of 2021. And that just was so hard. And so like, just felt like relationships were stripped away. And then October, I got let go from my job um, during that time. And, and then right before the year ended, um, I was living in Superior, my house burned. And so I just kind of came into this year, like, God, what, what do we do with this? Like, I feel like the three things that like, we all need we need at least one of them to feel like we can live. Two, help us feel like, okay, we have some something to hold on to in life. And all three would just be incredible. And I just kind of, I'm just so grateful because this year I feel like the Lord has answered and refilled all three of those things. And I feel like with the relationships, like this community that I find in Boulder that's been regrowing has just been like so sweet. And I feel like he's like brought me these new friendships that... 
are just gonna last so long. And even the old friends that moved away, just seeing this beauty of like how we're still maintaining those friendships too, after a weird season of like separation. Um, and, and also in the relationship side of things too, I, I just been going through a long season of just relationships romantically that didn't work out. And I feel like the Lord finally, I was like praying literally two days before New Year's and like before the fires, I was like, God, like, can, can something finally work out? I wanna see that like relationships can last. And like he blessed me with one that is so incredible and I feel like just a restoration and healing in my heart there too. Um, and also I finally found uh, a new company to work for, a startup here in, in Boulder, which is so fun because it's like, it just like is the type of work I love to do. And it just, he just saw that all along and that wouldn't have happened like if I didn't lose my job from last year. And I think that's just been so cool to see that. And then finally, I actually found a place to live in Boulder after a family in Erie hosted me for about six months. I live with my roommate, Peter, and he's one of my good buddies now. Um, through Young Life and Church here. So I'm just grateful for how this community um, poured into me and helped me in that hard time too, financially. Um, and yeah, just the Lord is so good and he's faithful and he answers prayers. And it's as simple as that. So thanks. Awesome. I know many of you were praying for the victims of the fire and uh, one of them was Christian and the Lord was faithful to answer those prayers. Hi, Chad. Thanks, I'm Chad Seidel been going here for a couple of decades, so I'll keep it quick. I'm really thankful for my family, for my wife, Erin, kids, Carson, Noah, and Lucy. And this building is an outcome of something that I think we saw, like had ideas of forever ago. And to see it completed is really impressive. And I'm really grateful for people that really gave their all to make this happen through like unbelievable seasons of, hey, we're gonna do this, how do we raise the money? Hey, we got the money, how do we get this contracted? Oh my God, there's, a, there's like a worldwide pandemic, how does this happen? Um, and just the seasons that that went through to realize this has been amazing. And so it comes to the last thing that I'm really grateful for. It's not about the building or where we're sitting, although I'm really, really grateful and thankful for the fact that we have that now because it is perpetuating what this place is really about and what God's really about, which is the community that we have. And so I remember when I walked in the door of that weird old building forever ago and just felt what this place is about and the connections that we have and the friendships we have. And I, like, I see people out here that were like toddlers when I was there. And now those people, even like Noah, is a leader with my kids. And I'm really, really grateful for the community that is here to help us grow and learn together. Because man, as a parent in the last year, very obvious, I have a lot more to learn um, and grow with. And so I'm really grateful for this community and that God is faithful to do what he's doing in this community and what's coming next. Hi, I'm Christina Stevens. Um, I'm gonna try to keep it under three minutes. My husband doesn't think I can. So, um, <laughs> he's, he is. He also was like, oh, nobody look at him. He hates it if I go up here and now I've just called him out, so that's even worse. Um, so, we moved away from Colorado about 12, almost 12 years ago, and we lived and moved overseas all over the US. Um, my husband works for the government. And we had come back last year 
for, not last year, I guess, the right before for Christmas vacation, uh, just for three weeks, we were living in India. And I remember crying to my friends, I don't want to go back, it's so hard there. And um, my son broke his wrist snowboarding, so we didn't go back for a little bit. He, um, we had, I stayed with him, my husband took the other three kids back to India. And while I was here, I did a bunch of testing and different things and found out I had cancer and, um, in my thyroid. So I stayed longer to get that out while my kids were all over there and I had my 11-year-old with me. And um, during the whole time, though, God provided like people in my life to help me, help my son, and um, just even that he broke his wrist to find the cancer because it had been spreading. And had I not found it, I wasn't going to go to the doctor because of COVID and we had been overseas. So I was going to wait another year or two to go. And so my son likes to be like, so you're happy that I broke my wrist? I'm like, well, a little bit, but his wrist is fine. Um, and then I found out I had to do radiation um, in May. And during that time, my other three kids were still in COVID. So we've been apart like four months. Um, and they got evacuated because it was so bad in India. It was when it was really bad there. And so it was a blessing that they were actually evacuated because we didn't have to pay for them to come here and they were able to come. Um, and my husband came and then at that time my kids were like, we don't want to go back either. And so we miraculously found a house in the crazy market, bought a house and my husband went back and he still had a year and a half left on his tour. And I was like, okay, God, what are we going to do? I don't want to live apart for a year and a half. We've already, we've done this before. It's hard. And, um, in September of that year, August, September, there was a posting for a job in Denver. It was the first one in the last 10 years that had been open and there was one position, um, and he got the position and came back last December. So he's been back almost a year. Um, but I feel like God was just so faithful in like, we wanted to come back here. We just thought, I don't know, maybe one day. And all the ways that he worked through that, and some of them were hard, but I could see his faithfulness in like blessing us and putting us ultimately where we wanted to be and where he wanted us. So I'm just thankful for all of the ways and even worked it out to get my cats and my dog back. It was like a whole ordeal. So I'm just thankful for the ways that he blessed us. Anyone else? <laughs> Got the kids in here. Told you I'm a pro at this. Just staring back at you. All right, we'll have the worship team uh, come back out and um, we're gonna share in communion together, but I wanna give us just a moment to reflect a little more uh, on this passage and what the Lord has done and is doing in your life. So if we go back into Lamentations, you could put this verse up in, in verse 21, that we read a moment ago, it says, yet this I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. That's absolutely true, but look what follows. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope, whose hope is in him, to, those who, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Part of seeing the faithfulness of God and allowing God to work in your life is learning to wait. 
and it can be really hard. Um, you know, God promises to be there, to never leave us or forsake us. He never makes a promise about the timeline. It seems like his timeline is always really, really slow. It never happens the way that we would like for it to happen. Uh, sometimes we look back on our life and we have perspective and you heard some of those stories and we say, God did it just the way it needed to happen, now I understand. But waiting is a huge part of seeing what God will do. Waiting precedes being grateful. Gratitude precedes joy. And so uh, whether or not you're in a joyful place today or not, I think we're all in a place of waiting for God to do something. We're waiting for his salvation. We're waiting for his help. We're waiting for God to provide that job. We're waiting for God uh, to give us a home again. We're waiting for God to give us friends again. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. That's just part of life. Waiting precedes gratitude, and gratitude precedes joy. And so today, what I wanna do, I wanna close by just blessing you for the things that you might be waiting for. And so we can bring the lights down, P, and I'm gonna invite you to go to the quiet place of prayer and bow your heads. And I'll just give us a moment to think about what it is that is happening in our life. But more than that, I want us to be aware that God is right in the middle of it. Can feel like we're wandering, Maybe despair has set in, but I want you to be assured today that the Lord is with you and that he is leading. And he's even empowering you, helping you as you wait. And so if uh, you are, you're here today and you're waiting for God to provide some means of provision for you, a home, a job, something substantial that you need just to live. Like if you're waiting for God to, to come through and to provide in a way, I want you just to raise your hand so I can see you and I wanna bless you today. Thank you. Let's pray for them. Father, we bless our friends today with your provision. We ask that you would work through relationships and connections and need that you might provide for our friends. A place to live, a safe place to live, a clean place to live. We ask that you would provide work, meaningful work. Not just work that pays the bills, but work that, that brings purpose and joy to our friends who are, who are laboring. And so we bless them with, with that. We bless them with provision. For those who don't have enough food, we bless them with food. We pray, God, that you would generously work through people in this world that we live in to provide for their needs. We pray that in Jesus' name. Okay, so some of the rest of you are waiting for something else. You're waiting for God to help change something that's going on with someone that you love. Someone's having a hard time. Someone is sick. Someone is angry. Someone can't forgive. But there's someone in your life that you love. Maybe it's more than one person. There's people in your life that are important to you and, and things aren't the way that they're supposed to be. There is no shalom right now. If you're waiting for God to move in that relationship or move in that person's life, I would just want you to raise your hand so I can see you. Father, we thank you for our friends. We thank you for the love that they have for the people in their life. You know who these people are. 
You see them, you're with them right now, and we bless them in Jesus' name. And we ask for restoration. We ask for healing. We ask for health. We ask that they would find the hope of God and they would move in your direction. We ask for changed lives. We ask for reconciliation. We ask for forgiveness. We pray that your shalom, your wholeness, health, and rest would be upon these people. For those that are sick, we ask for God's healing. In Jesus' name, we pray that you would touch their bodies and that you would heal them. For their hearts that are broken, we pray that you would heal those broken hearts. We ask for you to work, Father. We pray it in Jesus' name. All right, one last group. And this could be for yourself. So you're, or this is for yourself. You're waiting for something personally. You're waiting for God to speak to you. You're waiting to feel close to him again. You're waiting to be done with the doubts. You're, you're, you're waiting for God to bring a rescue from the negative thoughts that are in your mind about yourself. You're just begging for some relief from depression or anxiety. Or you yourself might be sick physically. And you're waiting for God to come in and help and work. And God often rescues us. And often God rescues us through our own obedience and the hard work of changing and healing. And sometimes he just does amazing things. It's all God and it's him loving you. But if you're waiting for something for yourself, I want you to raise your hand so I can see you. Amen to that. Let's pray. Father, I bless my friends in Jesus' name and I ask for your rescue, your healing, your shalom to enter into their life. Whatever it is, God, if they're trying to grow in a certain way, they're trying to overcome a a past wound or a struggle or to replace the lies that are in their head about themselves or this world with the truth of God, we bless that in Jesus' name. For those needing a rescue or waiting for a rescue, God, I pray that you would show them how it's going to come. It often doesn't come in miraculous ways. It comes in the hard work of trusting you day after day that you might change us. So I bless my friends with that. I bless my friends who need healing today. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would touch their body, you would touch their mind, that you would bring relief, that you would bring change. For those that are just waiting to be freed from just the thoughts in their mind. We ask in the name of Jesus that you would change that, God. I pray that peace could slowly replace those negative, confusing, chaotic thoughts. May they find joy. May they find peace as they pray. May they find peace in the scriptures as they worship the things that you give us to help care for ourselves. I pray that those things would be meaningful to them. So we bless them in Jesus' name. So Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you are a faithful God. We thank you that the journey of life is up and down. And in a church like this, we have people at every step of that journey. But you are present every step of the way. We thank you for that. I pray for those that can't see you right now, that they might have faith and trust that you are with them, that you will carry it through, that you will bring redemption, you will bring restoration, and they, once again, as they look back, Father, they will be grateful, and they will experience joy because of what you've done. We thank you for this day. We thank you for our community. We're grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.